The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We will go now to the Alberta legislature. Here's Premier Kenny. The situation in Alberta continues to evolve rapidly. The latest global tracking data from Johns Hopkins University indicates that the total number of confirmed cases at more than 190,000. 155 countries have been affected. Uh, there have been over 7,500 fatalities and 80,600 people have recovered. Later today, Dr. Hinshaw will provide updated case numbers here in Alberta. Around the world, a variety of dramatic measures are being implemented to contain the spread of COVID-19. The situation is very serious, and we are taking action more effectively to protect Albertans against this pandemic. Last night, we held a meeting of our Emergency Management Committee of Cabinet, which authorized me to use all powers necessary to keep Albertans safe. That's why today I'm announcing that Alberta is declaring a state of public emergency in response to COVID-19. This declaration is meant to empower authorities under the Public Health Act to more effectively manage the pandemic response. Decisive action is needed and we are taking that action. The Emergency Management Committee of Cabinet met again this morning and in response to the escalating numbers of infections, Dr. Hinshaw and her team have also recommended new measures on social distancing to contain the spread of the virus, and the government of Alberta has accepted those recommendations. So in addition to declaring a public health emergency, the Alberta government is moving forward with aggressive new measures to contain the virus. Any organized gathering of more than 50 people are to be canceled immediately. All Albertans are prohibited from attending public recreational facilities and private entertainment facilities, such as casinos, bingo halls, bars, theaters, and, and children's play centers until further notice. They are also prohibited from attending recreational facilities, arenas, science centers, museums, art galleries, and community centers, fitness centers, and entertainment facilities. Conferences, worship gatherings, and family events with more than people, 50 people, uh, such as weddings and funerals, should also be canceled. I also want to be clear about what will not be impacted by these measures. This order will not apply to healthcare facilities, to this legislature, to grocery stores, airports, and other essential services. Nonprofit, community, and religious soup kitchens will also be exempt from this order, as will homeless shelters. We're working with our homeless shelters on protocols uh, to help to uh, prevent uh, and contain any prospective infections. Additionally, sit-down restaurants, not including uh, buffets, pubs, delis, and coffee shops will be allowed to remain open at this time, but they will be limited to a maximum of 50 people, or 50% of their authorized capacity, whichever is lower. This is the same uh, protocol adopted by the government of Quebec this week. Drive-through, takeout, and delivery will still be permitted. In fact, uh, the government today has changed regulations to allow restaurants to engage in uh, off-sales uh, off of liquor to help them liquidate their inventories during this very challenging time. I recognize that these measures will have a profound impact on the lives of Albertans, but they are frankly necessary in the face of this growing pandemic. 
Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health is also advising all Albertans to take appropriate steps to socially distance themselves from others during their day-to-day -day lives. Around the world, a variety of dramatic measures are being implemented to contain the spread of COVID-19. That has meant social distancing and self-isolation, depending on individual circumstances. We have committed to ensuring Albertans uh, that, uh, that will have the, uh, all of the guidance and support they need to meet this unprecedented moment in our history. This means acting quickly to address the indirect impacts of the spread of COVID-19 by supporting vulnerable Albertans in particular. To assist Albertans affected by COVID-19, we are dedicating an immediate injection of $60 million to support civil society organizations, charities and nonprofits, helping folks under isolation to cope with this crisis. These funds will be dispersed before the end of this fiscal year, in other words, before March 31st. And uh, just today, I chaired the inaugural meeting of the Premier's Charities Council. I've also appointed uh, as Parliamentary Secretary for Civil Society, uh, Jeremy Nixon, former Executive Director of the Mustard Seed, to work with our charities and nonprofits to ensure that they are helping to reach out to seniors and other vulnerable people in particular who are in self-isolation. Half of the funds will be dedicated to immediate support to homeless shelters and women's shelters to address a range of needs. Funds will also be available to address staff shortages due to self-isolation and potential additional space requirements due to public health recommendations and associated staffing. A second aspect of the funding will provide broader support to civil society organizations. $30 million will extend support services to seniors and other vulnerable community members who are isolated due to COVID-19 or otherwise impacted. They will require additional uh, supports and services as they respond to the need to self-isolate. We will disperse these funds through the Family and Community Support Services to organizations that are already providing services in the community, like Meals for, on Wheels uh, and, and other organizations, as well as helping to deliver, for example, prescriptions to those who need them. Uh, the cab Cabinet today also approved a range of emergency economic measures, uh, which we'll be announcing uh, shortly, uh, perhaps as soon as tomorrow. Lastly, under the leadership of Deputy uh, Minister Paul Winnick, the Provincial Operations Centre has moved to level four of emergency preparedness and has increased staff and resources accordingly. I visited the Provincial Operations Centre last night and was impressed with the dedication and hard work of uh, the professionals involved from across different departments, agencies, levels of government, including industry and civil society. Once again, I want to assure Albertans that the entire government of Alberta is totally focused on dealing with this crisis. This is a serious moment in our history, and COVID-19 will test all of us. But I believe, I know, that this province is resilient and we are ready for the test. I have full confidence in our public health and safety officials, and we will continue doing everything in our power to contain the outbreak and to keep Albertans safe. We'll do whatever it takes to slow the spread of this virus, uh, and uh, to, uh, we've already begun planning uh, for the recovery of our economy following uh, the impact of this crisis. I'm happy to take your questions. What uh, enforcement tools do you have at your disposal for anyone who does not follow these new rules? 
it, it, well, it depends on the rule, and, but, but uh, with respect to limitations on uh, bars and uh, uh, nightclubs uh, or uh, restaurants, for example, uh, that would be up to local uh, health officials to enforce those rules under the kind of delegated authorities. Um, I note in Calgary already they brought in a limitation of uh, 250 people in bars or restaurants uh, uh, or... 50% uh, of their license to capacity, whichever is lo lower. Uh, we've just reduced that to 50 people or 50%, whichever is lower. We've closed nightclubs and bars. We will allow sit-down restaurants to continue operating on a limited basis, at least for the time being. Um, again, it would be uh, uh, civic uh, pu public health officials who are primarily responsible uh, I should say that um, Deputy Minister Wittick and uh, Dr. Hinshaw are available for, uh, to answer technical questions as well afterwards. We're still seeing cases in some grocery stores reporting, uh, some stores are putting in limits. Is there anything you can do about that? And I know that some seniors can't get the supplies. What, what would you recommend over? Sure. First of all, let me say I've spoken to uh, the uh, uh, Retail Council of Canada. I've also spoken to the president of Walmart. Uh, and we've had communication from uh, Loblaws, which is a large. Uh, as you know, grocery chain, all of them assure us that they have all of the supplies that are necessary to fulfill demand for the future, uh, that uh, there is no, uh, that that supply chains uh, and food security are not compromised. And so there is no need for people to engage in hoarding or panic buying. We do recommend uh, that people have enough food on hand to cope through a couple of weeks, given the likelihood that many people will be affected by self-isolation for 14 days. But there is no uh, logical reason for people to go out and buy weeks and weeks or months of supplies. And uh, we want I want to commend uh, the growing number of, of retailers who are offering uh, golden hours of uh, set-aside shopping time, typically in the morning with fully stocked shelves and, and freshly clean stores, to uh, allow seniors to go in uh, and in a more um, controlled environment get what they need. So we, I would I ask all retailers to consider having a dedicated, safe, and orderly time when seniors and the vulnerable can access what they need. Uh, we're also, as I've said, working with charities to see if they can help to step up deliveries, complementary deliveries to the homes of seniors for pharmaceuticals, cleaning equipment, uh, food and other necessities. Uh, but as I say, um, we are the Provincial Operations Centre uh, is closely tracking supply chains and uh, their advice to me is that there is no reason to be concerned about the integrity of food supplies or other essential goods. You mentioned the, this was done in large part to more effectively manage everything. Um, what, where have the shortcomings been? Where, have the, where haven't you been able to manage it that you feel the state of emergency will allow you to do better? Well, uh, the, uh, the state of um, health of emergency under the Public Health Act uh, adds an additional range of authorities to the uh, government and to the chief medical officer. Um, we have been briefed that uh, the single greatest concern in, in the future in coping with the peak time in the pandemic uh, will be around uh, the, the availability of trained personnel. Uh, 
and we need uh, the chief medical officer and Alberta Health Services may need uh, extra authorities uh, to in, in for scheduling, perhaps to bring back uh, uh, people who are um, medical professionals who have retired recently or. Uh, to cancel vacation time. Um, so these are the kinds of authorities that are presented in the Public Health Act through a declaration of a, of a public health emergency uh, that that will give certainty of our ability to provide um, the, the medical uh, care that Albertans will need. I think everybody understands that in a uh, pandemic such as this, we expect um, a significant peak at, at a particular time in, and every jur the challenge of every government, every jurisdiction, is to try to keep that peak below the maximum capacity of the health system. At the same time, we want to expand the maximum capacity at that peak point, and that's where these powers could be useful. Are those powers then limited to, in, under this uh, state of emergency, limited to the health system, or are these for... Yeah, th there are, there's a separate uh, power, emergency power, under the Emergency Measures Act, which we are not invoking today. Uh, we may decide to do so in the future. That has a much more expansive range of authorities, including the ability to prevent people from leaving the province or entering the province, the ability to um, uh, seize property, uh, for example. It's conceivable that if the uh, pandemic goes in the wrong direction, that we may need to um, effectively uh, use uh, hotels uh, to house people for quarantine, for example. So the Emergency Measures Act would give us those authorities. We do not believe that they are currently necessary, but I've told officials that if they believe we need those powers, uh, they should recommend it, and we will invoke that. How do hotels play into today's announcements? Um, well, hotels per se are unaffected unless they're operating um, licensed restaurant restaurants, I should say, off, uh, that are uh, regulated restaurants, in which case they will not be allowed to accommodate more than 50 uh, guests or 50% of their authorized capacity, whichever is the lower number. I would think that um, their function spaces, uh, again, they'll be limited to 50, so there may be bookings for, for marriage, for, for weddings or conventions. Uh, those are now being scaled down to meetings of a maximum of 50 people. In terms of their uh, their accommodations, um, they th those should continue unaffected. Um, and uh, so I, um, in fact, I just got off a call with a number of key uh, industry organizations, including the Alberta Hotel Association. I think they understand that. And you were just mentioning that uh, hotels might be used for quarantine in the future. Have you guys already had chats? Well, we, we've, uh, that's been in the long range pandemic planning of the government of Alberta to, to always look to contingency plans for overflow capacity to uh, keep the hospital safe. Um, if uh, if something like this does uh, does reach that level, so that there, there there's already been advanced planning in that respect, and I, I suppose if there's good news here, it's that um, uh, there's a lot of available hotel space right now. Should we need it? I'm going to go to the phone operator. Can you put through the first caller, please? Our first question comes from Rick Bell of the Calgary Sun. Your line is open. Uh, good afternoon, Premier. Um, just two quick questions, or one question, and a supplementary. Um, your decision today, why Why now? What is it about today or what is it about the evidence that you've seen that causes you to make the decision today as opposed to either not make the decision today or a 
have made the decision sure. perhaps earlier. What, what happened which caused you to say that we've got to do it today? Well, first of all, Rick, as you know, we've seen a significant increase in the number of confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Alberta uh, this week. You'll be getting a further update from Dr. Hinshaw on additional cases later today. So we see that Alberta seems to be following the same general trend line as many other jurisdictions, which means that we have to take more aggressive measures to contain the spread of the virus, more aggressive social uh, distancing measures. Um, also, we came to the conclusion today that it was probably inevitable, given the direction of the disease, that we would end up invoking uh, a public health emergency in any event. And so we, we concluded that it was prudent to do so now, um, while we are still at the, at the re relatively early stages, so that, so that our, uh, the managers of AHS uh, and the folks who are coordinating the emergency response know that these authorities are in place. I note that the governments of Ontario and um, Saskatchewan, I believe New Brunswick, have also declared uh, public health emergencies. That is in part because I gather they found some difficulty in, um, in scheduling uh, and they've had some folks refusing to wear uh, personal protection equipment um, and they also found that uh, in some cases collective bargaining agreements were uh, limiting their ability to, to schedule people uh, uh, in the health system. Uh, we have not found those constraints yet, but this is, this is a case of us being well prepared for what is coming at us. Follow up, Rick? And uh, just as a supplementary, when exactly do the new rules come in, particularly for bars and casinos? In other words, when do bars have to shut down? When do casinos have to shut down? Is it today, tomorrow? Immediately. When, when, when is the shutdown order? As soon as the Lieutenant Governor signs the order in council that uh, I've authorized, uh, I authorized that this morning at about 1130. Uh, and um, we, the, the Lieutenant Governor should be um, adding her uh, approval to that order in council uh, immediately we will uh, and so we would this is this is effective immediately it's effective today um, and uh, we apologize to um, operators of these establishments for uh, the suddenness of this although I think they've seen it coming uh, in fact I was just talking uh, in our consultations with industry leaders with a gentleman who said that he he closed a, uh, a bar that he owns yesterday because he saw this coming he wanted to get ahead of it and uh, I know a number of other operators have done the same I know that Cineplex uh, closed all of their cinemas yesterday across the country so I, I think um, uh, uh, these are in thoughtful business people and they, they have a firm grasp of the obvious. Operator, can you please put through the next caller? The next question comes from Tyler Dawson of the National Post. Your line is open. Hi, folks. Um, I just wanted to ask about whether or not these closure rules affect churches or any other sort of houses of worship. They, they do, uh, and Dr. Hinshaw was very clear about that in a measure that we adopted uh, on the weekend, which removed the exemption uh, for uh, places of worship from the uh, limitation 
on, on public gatherings. At the time, the limitation was 250 people. As of now, we have reduced that to 50 people. Uh, and we've removed the, the place of worship exemption. Um, we believe that, that faith communities can find other ways to, to gather, um, to address the spiritual and pastoral needs of their, uh, of their members. Uh, they can do um, online uh, liturgies and worship ceremonies, uh, and certainly uh, I'm sure that, 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 that pastors and clerics and, and volunteers will be uh, uh, increasing their visits uh, to, to the isolated and to the elderly in particular, who may be in greater need of spiritual and pastoral support at this time. We are making an exemption uh, from the 50-person uh, limit for um, charity, charities, nonprofits, and religious organizations that operate uh, community kitchens such as soup kitchens. So they'll be able to continue to provide that essential support uh, to the least fortunate. Do you have a follow up, Tyler? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Thanks. Great. Operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Our next question comes from Chris Barco of the Calgary Herald. The line is open. Hi, Premier. I'm wondering, with this order today, what kind of assistance are you going to help the restaurants, the bars, the recreation centers, and other businesses that are being impacted and obviously are going to have some cash flow problems? Yes, there, there will be a range of measures announced by the government of Alberta this week to help with the urgent need for cash liquidity for those uh, businesses. And uh, so that will be the first package uh, responding uh, to the economic aspects of this crisis. Uh, so please stay tuned. Uh, the, the, that announcement may be as early as tomorrow. We're just finalizing the, the details around this. Uh, please understand that all of this is happening uh, under, uh, uh, we're, we're working as, as quickly as we can, quite literally overnight, all night Sunday. Uh, officials from the Department of Finance, for example, example stayed up uh, to draft uh, a uh, statutory amendments to the Appropriations Act to add the additional $500 million uh, for the public uh, health care system. So our officials are working as quickly as they can, but there will be a, a number of measures that will uh, constitute uh, uh, financial relief for businesses, at the very least a series of deferrals. We are also in constant contact with the Government of Canada about uh, measures that they will be announcing. Um, we are uh, pre grateful that the Government of Canada has injected an additional $10 billion into the Business Development Bank and Export Development Banks to provide a backstop uh, to facilitate additional access to credit for businesses affected by COVID-19. Um, but we are certainly looking at a series of measures that include tax deferrals for business taxes, income taxes, property taxes, WCB premiums, uh, and other measures. Do you have a follow-up, Chris? Yes, you also mentioned uh, earlier that you're already putting together plans to get the economy going once this crisis passes. Can you provide any, uh, I guess, details on what that might look like or any additional color on it? So we're working on our recovery package, and um, as I said in Ottawa last week, uh, that, that it seems to me that, that uh, as a rule of thumb, we should be looking at additional fiscal stimulus equivalent to at least 1% of GDP, which uh, for Alberta would be in the range of, of uh, over, well, this would be 300, excuse me, 3 billion to $3.5 billion. Um, so that's our, our current planning target for fiscal stimulus. Uh, the, the problem is this. We're not in an environment where conventional counter-cyclical fiscal stimulus will work in the same way uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, there is 
disorder in the markets. Uh, as you know, on Sunday, the Federal Reserve reduced its prime lending rate to zero. And yet the, the Dow responded with a 15% decline on Monday. Um, so markets are, are um, clearly unstable. Secondly, uh, with so many people uh, in self-isolation, in, in quarantine, with so many industries that are effectively suspended, an effort to inject demand into the economy is likely to have a, a modest effect at this point. So our current state of mind is to focus our, our short-term efforts on liquidity, liquidity for both households and businesses. It, that includes income support for people that have to leave work. Um, and then the second phase would be uh, more conventional fiscal stimulus. That will involve a major cash injection into building infrastructure uh, in this forthcoming building season uh, it, and a number of other measures that, uh, that we are considering. Operator, can you please put through the next caller? Our next question comes from Emma Graney of the Global Mail. Your line is open. Yeah, good day, Premier. Thanks for taking my question. Um, I've got a question here about what does this mean for um, officers and workers? And that also leads to another question about government workers, why they were told to come into work. Um, so do officers have to close if they're over 50 people and why were government workers told to come into work? A couple of things. First of all, um, the regulations for organized events for 50 people or more. Uh, in most conventional work environments, if people aren't congregating into one meeting room, uh, they should be able to continue to function. Secondly, we need we can't shut down the entire economy. I'm good. How are you? We certainly can't shut down the entire government. I do know that uh, the, okay. um, all right. uh, the Public Service Commission uh, is working with uh, the Deputy Minister to Executive Council on plans for further de uh, f to, to facilitate more work from home wherever possible. But about half of the people employed through the Alberta Public Service deliver frontline services. So at a, at, it's precisely at a time like this that the government cannot you know, shut down. It, it has to continue to provide those services. And as I say, the Public Service Commission is working with Executive Council on, um, uh, on, on plans to, to, to allow for more work from home. Do you have a follow-up, Emma? Uh, yeah, um, if people are, say, 60 years old or 65 years old and they're concerned that they're being told by their employer, whether it be the government or otherwise, that they should come into work. What's your advice to those people? Should they go in or should they not? Well, when it, look, I think Dr. Hinshaw's advice, first of all, is that anybody who feels uh, any symptoms of like uh, cold or flu uh, must stay home. Uh, and secondly, that, that elderly people are folks who are immunocompromised or have uh, pre-existing respiratory illnesses uh, should also generally uh, try to stay home uh, and uh, at this time. But I, I, I'm going to refer more technical questions on that to uh, Dr. Hinshaw, who will be up here in a couple of hours. Let's go back to the floor, Dean. You uh, asked the Prime Minister earlier this week for more medical supplies, masks, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. What should we take from that? As, uh, is there a we actually, uh, Alberta Health Services uh, advises us that uh, they have adequate supplies to deal with this uh, crisis. Uh, let me commend them and, and their management for having been quite um, 
uh, forward-looking in stockpiling an enormous inventory of uh, uh, personal protection equipment uh, of uh, uh, and other other equipment. In fact, when the uh, virus first broke out in China in January, uh, AHS immediately purchased an additional 50 ventilators that we have not yet uh, received, but they are um, effectively en route to Alberta. We should be, will be receiving them this spring. And uh, the Minister himself, of Health himself, Minister Shandro, has inspected uh, uh, the AHS warehouse and seen that there is a, a huge stockpile of this material. Now, having said that, management has to be very uh, prudent about how much of that equipment they release and when, because uh, the critical thing is that we have adequate equipment uh, when we re reach the peak of the uh, uh, of the virus uh, later this spring, as, as anticipated. But we. We're confident we have enough equipment. Of course, um, uh, you know what, what the letter to the prime minister was about. Is it, 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 it's it's better to be safe than sorry. And, and, and if we can continue to stockpile equipment of that nature, uh, it will add to our confidence level. Um, and I should say, you know, uh, I, I should, of course, Doctor Hinshaw can will comment on this more uh, with not knowledgeably, but. It, it, it should not be a secret to people that this virus is going to go away in the next few weeks or a couple of months. Um, and so we need to start planning for the mid to long term. And that's one of the reasons we're asking for federal assistance with more equipment. If I can just follow that, it sounds like you've been given a bit of a broad timeline. I know it's hard to you know, forecast the future here, but what have, what have the medical officials told you about how this is going to play out? Like a peak in May or something? Or? Well, we, we've had a briefing on that, but I'm not going to get into technical issues like that. Uh, I, should, I should not improvise on that. I'll leave it to Dr. Hinshaw, and I'm not sure about her level of confidence on projections. Uh, but let me say that um, uh, I think we could lay people understand that in, flus and colds diminish in the summer months um, with warm weather, and I think we would all expect that to happen in this case. One broad kind of question, just in the general public hears terms like a state of public health emergency that can bring a fair bit of unease even more so than uh, what they're already feeling. What do you say to them about this declaration and what that means? It means that the government is prepared to do what is necessary to keep people safe. That's all it means. Uh, people should be careful, they should be responsible, uh, but they should be confident. Uh, they should be confident that we live in one of the, the best organized places on earth. We have some of the greatest professionals, and in Alberta in particular. Um, I, I made this point when we started down this road 10 days ago that uh, we have had very strong planning. We've had, we have a robust uh, pandemic plan for the government of Alberta that was exercised just last November. We've been through a couple of very large-scale uh, a disaster, natural disasters in recent years, which has brought a very high level of interagency and intergovernmental cooperation. Um, and I think we are as well prepared as any place on earth to deal with this. The additional authorities that we brought in today will help us uh, uh, as we face the challenge in the weeks to come. And with that, folks, I've got to get up to the legislature. Thank you.